All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, May 26, 2021. And this is a show that I teased on the last news break. And we are going to go ahead and do the show tonight. This is one of the series, or this could be a an installation in the series, Why Has Narcissism Grown? This is a question that we've been posing on this channel for a very long time and just trying to figure out why it seems to be getting worse in our society as time marches forward. Now, we've always had issues with evil in the world and evil people in society. It's documented all throughout history. But I think anyone who's probably over the age of 30, I would estimate, maybe 25, but I would definitely say definitely 30, can speak to a noted change in society. You know, more more aggressive and angry and narcissistic than usual, and it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So it begged the question, why has narcissism grown in our society? And I've done two other topics on this, but I just cannot remember the two topics that we explored previously. I'll look that up and let you guys know a little later. But this would be, I think, number three on this particular topic. Welcome everybody in the chat. I agree. It says the 90s were so much more chill, right? They were, at least in my mind. But then I always go, but PTE, you were also young. So you didn't have bills. You hadn't contended with employers and employment and career stuff. And you know what I mean? So I, I always cancel out my instinct because I'm like, well, I was young back then though. And when you're young, doesn't the world look more beautiful? I don't know. So anyway, maybe I should stop doubting my instincts and recognize them as true and accurate and real. So let's set this up and then kind of what triggered this particular episode. So I saw an article on CNN that we're getting ready to take a look at. And the title of that article is Drinking Any Amount of Alcohol Causes Damage to the Brain Study Finds, right? And it got me to thinking as I read it, and you'll see as we read it together, it really got me to thinking and wondering if alcohol could be playing a role in this increase in narcissism and if alcohol could be far worse than we ever imagined in our society. Now, before I get into that and before I actually read the article, I want to do a couple of disclaimers. Well, really one disclaimer. And that disclaimer is that I am in no way and by no means issuing or passing any kind of judgment on people who drink, be that heavily, socially, lightly. I do not, this show is not designed to pass judgment. That is not the purpose of this show. I really don't judge people like that anyway. The only people I really judge are narcissists. That's it. And I'm judging them on their narcissism, truly. But um, I want people to know that because most people in their simplistic way of thinking, will come across the show and go, oh, so PTE is you know, condemning and coming down on people who drink. And that is absolutely 100% not the case. I have drank myself. I have drank wine with you guys on the show before. The last time we did it was during the election season, which who couldn't drink during that time frame? So we had wine together. I recommended my favorite wine to you guys, some of which some of you have actually picked up and started drinking that wine. 
Um, I'm not going to say the name because I reached out to this company and said, hey, I recommended your wine. And some people liked it and started buying it. And now it's one of their favorites. Would you like to form some sort of partnership? They never wrote me back. So for that reason, I'm not going to state the name of that wine, but it is really, really good. And I've already stated it somewhere on some other live stream. So anyway, I say all that to say that I am a consumer of alcohol. I have been a consumer of alcohol. I just don't do so quite as often these days. I've detailed it in other shows, but if you haven't heard that, the summary is alcohol just wrecks me, man. Like it completely wrecks my whole body. It throws me off for days. And some people would say, well, PTE, that's just a hangover. Yeah, maybe, but I, I think it's beyond a hangover because like, it, it's not like affecting my head. And in my mind, a hangover really affects your head primarily. It affects my whole body. It's system wide. And the end result is I'm tired for days. I'm exhausted for days. And the way that I think about it or explain it is if I have even one drink, y'all, even one glass of wine, I have to sleep it off for days. And when I was younger, I could, you know, I could turn it back over quickly. You know what I mean? I could convert that more quickly. But as I get older, one glass of wine is like four days guaranteed. Thank you for the super chat, Didi. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here and thank you for your support. So one glass of wine for me is like four days. So if I drink like a bottle, we're talking like a week, week and a half of recovery time. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So anyway, that is why I don't drink now. When I do drink, it's probably like once or twice a year, maybe if that but it's not based on anything religious, nothing moral. So I have to give that extended disclaimer for the person who will inevitably pop in here in 20 minutes and say, don't judge me just because I drink alcohol. You probably have some vice too. I thought you were better than this unsubscribing. Okay. See you later, baby doll. All right. So with all that extended, extended explanation, why don't we get into the actual show? We're going to read through this article together, and then we're going to talk through some of the revelations that I had after I read this article. Okay. So again, the title is drinking any amount of alcohol causes damage to the brain study finds. This was published May 20th, 2021, and it was updated. I don't know if that's today or at some other point in time, but this is when it came out. Okay. So it says, there is no such thing as a safe level of drinking with increased consumption of alcohol associated with poorer brain health, according to a new study. In an observational study, which has not yet been peer reviewed, researchers from the University of Oxford studied the relationship between the self-reported alcohol intake of some 25,000 people in the UK and their brain scans. The researchers noted that drinking had an effect on the brain's gray matter, regions in the brain that make up important bits where information is processed, according to lead author Anya Topiwala, a senior clinical researcher at Oxford. Quote, the more people drank, the less volume of their gray matter. Brain volume reduces with age and more severely with dementia, Smaller brain volume also predicts worse performance on memory testing, 
Whilst alcohol only made a small contribution to this, it was a greater contribution than other modifiable risk factors, she said, explaining that modifiable risk factors are ones you can do something about in contrast to aging. Now, the type of alcohol does not matter. The team also investigated whether certain drinking patterns, beverage types, and other health conditions made a difference to the impact of alcohol on brain health. They found that there was no safe level of drinking, meaning that consuming any amount of alcohol was worse than not drinking it. They also found no evidence that the type of drink, such as wine, spirits, or beer, affected the harm done to the brain. However, certain characteristics, such as high blood pressure, obesity, or binge drinking, could put people at higher risk. So many people drink moderately and think this is either harmless or even productive. As we have yet to find a cure for neurodegenerative diseases like dementia, Knowing about factors that can prevent brain harm is important for public health, she added. No safe limit. The risks of alcohol have long been known. Previous studies have found that there's no amount of liquor, wine, or beer that is safe for your overall health. Alcohol was the leading risk factor for disease and premature death in men and women between the ages of 15 and 49 worldwide in 2016, accounting for nearly one in 10 deaths, according to a study published in The Lancet in 2018. While we can't say for sure whether there's no safe level of alcohol regarding brain health at the moment, it has been known for decades that heavy drinking is bad for brain health. Sadie Boniface, head of research at the UK's Institute of Alcohol Studies, told CNN via email, we also shouldn't forget alcohol affects all parts of the body and there are multiple health risks. Tony Rao, a visiting clinical fellow in old age psychiatry at King's College London, told CNN that given the large sample size, it was unlikely the study's findings could have arisen by chance. Rao said the study replicates previous research that has shown there is no safe limit in the level of alcohol consumption for its role in damage to the structure and function of the human brain. Previous research has found that subtle changes which demonstrate damage to the brain can present in ways that are not immediately detectable on routine testing of intellectual function and can progress unchecked until they present with more noticeable changes in memory. Even at levels of low-risk drinking, he said, there is evidence that alcohol consumption plays a larger role in damage to the brain than previously thought. The Oxford study found that this role was greater than many other modifiable risk factors, such as smoking. The interaction with high blood pressure and obesity on increasing the damage done by alcohol to the brain emphasizes the wider role of diet and lifestyle and maintaining brain health. Okay. So that's the whole article. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to pull out in regard to narcissism and the whole point of this entire live stream. Welcome to everybody. As you enter the chat, I see someone said they're sipping whiskey as you watch. You know, if this makes you feel any better, it's probably already too late. Any damage that's going to be done, it's probably already too late. So, you know, according to this, so I hope that makes you feel better. <laughs> that might actually make you feel worse. So 
Let's talk about this though, you guys, because it really sent me into a place of really, really, really deep thought, right? Because when I think of American society and I think of America, like alcohol is interwoven into our culture. And theoretically, we're only supposed to be drinking it once we turn 21. A lot of people start seeking it out in their teenage years, 16, 17. They're successful sometimes, other times not so much. But then once a person passes 21, it's almost like a cultural expectation that you will enjoy a drink from time to time when you go out, when you go to a party, when you're celebrating something. It's almost like a cultural expectation to the point where a lot of frats and sororities and fraternities keep getting themselves in trouble because they put so much alcohol in these kids' bodies that they kill them. That just happened recently. That happened like a month or two ago. But that's how deep the expectation is. And that's how deeply woven into society, our society, and really probably worldwide, but definitely America, alcohol is woven into our society, right? So it got me to thinking, I was like, man, what if, first of all, what if every drink kills your brain just a little bit, every single one? And so a person who might say, oh, I've only drank once in my lifetime and that was it. Well, what if, what if that took away just a little bit? What if that was like a, a small subtraction, like an incremental subtraction from your overall intelligence? And you only did it that one time. So imagine people who drink every day. Imagine people who drink on, to get drunk on purpose. Imagine people who drink, even if it's just socially, but when they drink socially, they binge drink socially, right? So if that, if even one drink can impact your brain health, what can multiple drinks do over time was really kind of the question that I was mulling over you know, after I read this article. But then there were certain things that they said in the article that really made me start to think about narcissism. Because that wasn't my first thought. When I read this, I wasn't thinking narcissism, but certain things jumped out and really made me think, hmm, we need to take another look at this. Let's see here. So right here, this, this is the first one that jumped out at me. It says, the researchers noted that drinking had an effect on the brain's gray matter regions in the brain that make up important bits where information is processed. And when we talk about narcissists, aren't we always talking about how they seem to have some sort of deficit? Something is wrong. Something is missing. Something is not computing. We've compared them to bots. We've theorized as to whether or not they're even real because that's how bad it is. That's how deep the deficit goes. So we're just trying to figure out what the problem is. You see what I mean? So if we're going to ride with this particular theory that alcohol is contributing to narcissism in our society, well, then that would kind of make sense because it appears that alcohol affects the parts of the brain where important bits, well, excuse me, important bits where information is processed. So important parts of the brain where information is processed. And again, if every drink is one small subtraction, like chipping away at that block just a little bit, then how, how much damage can be done over the course of a lifetime of drinking? You see what I mean? Even socially, guys, like having wine at dinner with your family, which is very cultural in some parts of the world. Like in some parts of the world, wine with dinner is like standard. 
it's it's as standard as having a Coca-Cola with your dinner or whatever you drink with your dinner. You know what I mean? It's standard. But what if the truth of the matter is, and the truth perhaps the alcohol industry has been hiding all this time, is that alcohol is so damaging, not only to your liver, we've known about the liver for a long time, but what if alcohol is so damaging to everything, but also your brain in particular? And for those who, see, I don't know a lot of people, well, see, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. What I was going to say was, I don't know a lot of people interpersonally who drink a lot like that. But then when I think about it, yeah, I kind of do. Cause like when I log onto my social media, you know, you always see people sitting around a dinner table, they got their drinks up, they're clicking, you know, their drink cups, their wine, whatever. So you're aware of their drinking, but you don't think of them as like drinkers. You just think of them as adults. These are adults. They went out for a night on the town. They had a couple of drinks, you know, hopefully they did so in a safe way you know, had a sober ride home and all that. But as long as they're being responsible, you know, who cares? It's not like they're shooting up on social media. You know what I mean? Which that's your business. I'm just saying no one goes, oh, oh my God, she's having, she's having a glass of wine. Oh my God. Oh, her life is falling apart. Like nobody does that. You know what I mean? You just go, oh, okay. They went out and they had fun. So with alcohol being that socially acceptable, that common, that expected, but the knowledge that it is indeed impacting the parts of the brain where information is processed, that's the complete sentence I was trying to get around to. Doesn't it make sense then, the people in your life, those of you who can attest to it, that alcohol has played a heavy role potentially in them being narcissists? Now, you know what that made me think of? Let me show you something from a couple of years ago that some of you will remember, but if you hadn't found the channel at that point, you probably don't remember this. And I also took the videos down because they were just performing just so poorly. It was pitiful. So I took them down, but some of you will remember this. Remember this? So this is when we did the narcissism and health study. And one of the questions that we asked on that survey was how often does your narcissist drink alcohol? Now, the major answer, the majority answer was every single day, 21.2%, followed by two to three times per week, followed by does not drink alcohol, which surprised us at the time. After does not drink alcohol, that was followed by extremely rarely, then followed by don't know. And then followed by once per month was the breakdown on that. Okay. Did I break that down further? I did. I did. So daily was, there were 66 responses for daily, 56 for two to three times per week. Doesn't drink at all was 49 responses. Very rarely 43 and then so forth and so on. And we were surprised that the does not drink all at all. That shocked us because it, it was almost half, not quite half, but it was a high percentage for what we what we were expecting, I think. But I think the takeaway from this particular graphic is, at least from the population that I surveyed, there was 311 answers total. The narcissists in their life drank every single day. So when we start to put all these things together and we start to kind of create a, a case, if you will, a case file, 
we start to create our little case file and it starts to seem like it's possible, guys, that part of the reason that we are contending with narcissism in our society the way that we are is because of alcohol. And it seems that what is happening is alcohol like wrecks you slowly. It's a slow wreckage. Is it possible that part of the reason we are dealing with this is because alcohol has been slowly wrecking everybody for years now and promoted heavily, heavily, heavily in society? You know what I mean? From the music to the movies to everything. And again, if you're just tuning in, I'm not condemning alcohol. I've consumed alcohol live on the air with you guys. Wine. All right. So this is not a Oh, you're naughty, naughty for drinking alcohol and you're a narcissist. That's not what it is. The purpose of this show is asking the question, why has narcissism grown in our society? Then finding this particular article and saying, oh, is it possible that alcohol is a key contributor to the growth of narcissism in our society? That is the question. And that's why we're here. So that was the first thing that jumped out at me, this whole important bits where information is processed. That jumped out at me. And this wasn't something that was going to the point, but this concerned me. It said the more people drink, the less the volume of their gray matter. So it almost seems that every drink shrinks your brain a little bit. And I find that very troubling and very concerning because it says that brain volume reduces with age anyway. So <laughs> if our brain volume is already reducing with age, then we go help it reduce further. It's almost like the alcohol dehydrates it in a way, which would make sense to me in terms of how I feel. Like I know the hangover feeling is nothing new, but to me, it wrecks my whole body. And I definitely feel dehydrated. And even after I drink things with electrolytes, Powerade, Gatorade, whatever, I still feel terrible for days. Like I almost have to eat my way back to feeling normal, if that makes sense. Like I have to eat but not just one time. Like I have to eat like the day after the next day. I have to eat every day. This is not coming out right. What I'm trying to say is it seems that food restores me, if that makes sense, more so than it would if I hadn't drank anything. Like food would just be food. Like, okay, you had dinner versus, oh my God, thank you so much for this food. I think you just saved my life kind of situation. You see what I mean? So anyway, there was that. And then let's see, there was a couple other things. There was two more things I wanted to bring out. And then I have a few more points to make and then we'll get out of here. Leading risk factor. They need to expound on that. Leading risk factor for disease and premature death in men and women. In what way? Meaning like they were drunk and something happened to them or they, the alcohol contributed to another disease. I need them to clarify that. It says previous research has found that subtle changes which demonstrate damage to the brain can present in ways that are not immediately detectable on routine testing of intellectual function and can progress unchecked until they present with more noticeable changes in memory. So what was so interesting about that to me is one of our primary complaints here on this channel anyway about narcissists is how they love to tell us the same thing over and over and over again. And I've always attributed that to their wickedness, because I felt like, you know, only someone you don't care about or don't regard very much, will you not remember what you talked about with them? It should, it should at least trigger something. You know what I mean? Like 
it should ring a bell somewhere that goes, did I tell you this already? I feel like I told you this already. Did I? I didn't. Okay. Or I did. Okay. You see what I mean? But they will literally sit there and tell you the story as if it's the first time they've ever told it. And as if it's the first time they've ever told it to you. And it's fascinating. And I, I think it's one of them. It's one of the first things I ever talked about on this channel, because to me, it's one of the first signs. One of the first signs There's a couple of primary signs, but that is one of the first signs when you've interacted with this person a couple of times, they tell you the story and it might even be a great story. You loved it. You had all the proper reactions the first time. And then somehow they get around to telling you the same story again. <laughs> and you, you sit it out the first repetition. Cause you're like, well, maybe they have a purpose in telling me this again. And you're waiting and they never ever get around to it. Cause they, literally hasn't logged anywhere. So it makes me wonder about that, the repetitious nature of them, how they seem to be stuck on one day, how they seem to be eager to repeat the same day over and over and over again. What if that's because it is the same day over and over and over again for them? What if it is the same day? You see what I mean? But again, this is all going back to those narcs who drink because quite a few narcissists, according to you guys' reports, don't drink at all. So anyway, the other part that actually kind of bothered me and gave me a little bit of an eerie feeling was the damage to the brain can present in ways that are not immediately detectable on routine testing of intellectual function, function and can progress unchecked until they present with more noticeable changes in memory. But I wasn't worried about the memory part. I was like, present in ways that aren't immediately detectable. Ways like narcissism, ways like sociopathy, ways like psychopathy, ways like that. In what ways? Like how badly is the alcohol damaging our brains? And if you think about what alcohol does, like if you actually sincerely get drunk and don't just fall asleep, but you actually get drunk, but you're still upright. You know what I mean? A functioning drunk. I don't know what they call them, but you're able to still like walk and talk and do things, but you're drunk, completely drunk. Well, think about what alcohol does to your brain. Like it completely scrambles it and distorts your reality. So have we been foolish in thinking that anything powerful enough to literally distort your perception of reality would not leave a lasting effect? on the organ that it impacts the most, the brain. See, I think what we all thought was it processes out, right? And that makes sense to think that too, because when you think in terms of blood alcohol level, right? If you drink a lot, your blood alcohol level is going to rise. But eventually you can get your blood alcohol level down to zero. I don't think we have a resting blood alcohol rate. I don't think there's alcohol in us at all times, I don't think. So of course you would think, and I think even reasonably so, that once my blood alcohol level is zero, all the alcohol is gone and any impact the alcohol could have had is now gone. Yeah, I might have a hangover, but that's to be expected. But other than that, I'm fine. Like there's no long-term risk factors here. And I think what this article might be trying to tell us is that there might be longer term risk factors than we could, could even think or dream up. Like it might be literally out here 
brain damage, causing brain damage to people. Alcohol industry is not going to like this. They know it's not going to make a difference, though. They know that people are still going to drink, even if they came out and said, yeah, so basically every time you drink, you like take like one percentage point of function away from your brain. And people would be like, oh, who needs brain function in a society like this? Bottoms up. So I think that's everything that was in the article that I wanted to point out. So now I just kind of want to chat through some of the differences that I've noticed between myself. And I can only really speak on myself because I, I like literally rarely drink like ever. And people I know for a, a fact drink all the time. And again, this is not coming from some place of righteous self-righteousness or any kind of high horse. This is simply me as a person going, huh, interesting. I don't really drink. And these are the results in my life. These particular people that I know drink all the time, and these are the results in their life. Could it be, see, all this time, I'm just thinking that I'm different. I'm like, well, I just move different. I think differently. You know, I have different motivations and different motivators. I have different goals. So maybe we're different people because of all of those things that I just listed. Maybe that we're just different people, you know, but per perhaps the difference is not so much the motivations, motivators and goals as it is that I still have more function over my brain than they do because I haven't literally cooked it with alcohol. It's possible. Okay. So let me just go through a few of the things that I've noticed are different. Some of the people who I've observed over the years to me, weren't always like how, how they are today. They weren't always like that. And we talked about this kind of sort of before, and I've even mentioned like what happens at age 19 and y'all just as a sidebar, I've been keeping a list of incidents recently violent incidents where the perpetrator was 19 years old. So I don't know what it is about age 19, but we might have to talk about that on a deeper PTE. I noticed a change in these individuals over time. And the only difference that I can truly pinpoint based on all of this that we're talking about right now is they drink almost every single day or at least on a weekly basis. It's at least a weekly occurrence and I don't. And I think that might be literally the only thing that makes us different because according to this article that we just read, they're literally damaging their brain every time they do so. Now, listen, that's not to say I haven't damaged mine. And the couple of little times that I have drunk, I know for sure I damaged my brain when I drunk 99 apples in college. Oh, I know for sure. There's no question. There's no question. Sometimes I even wonder if I even survived it. I'm like, am I alive? How can I prove that to myself? Because man, like, wow, like I was right. I was right on the door, I think. And then how crazy the world has become over these past 20 years makes me really question whether or not I survived that incident. But anyway, I know 99 apples damaged something for sure. And that's the day I really kind of stopped drinking. Honestly, it's almost like my, <laughs> it's almost like my body said, all right, you happy with yourself now? Now you've taken out your short-term memory. Congratulations. Good job. Great. So now you're going to struggle remembering little things here and there for the rest of your life. Are you happy? You pleased with yourself? 
Okay. I think we're going to stop doing that. Yeah. 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 We're going to stop doing that. All right. Okay. All right. And truly I have basically stopped ever since. Not to say that probably once or twice a year, I find myself imbibed. But other than that, I just can't do it. It, it. it messes me up too much. And I feel like that might be the saving grace. The fact that me feeling good trumps me feeling drunk. So let's look at some of the differences, okay? One difference that I've noticed between myself and people who drink far more frequently than I do is the difference in thought process. Like I use the analogy bending corners often on this show. And when I talk about narcissists, I say narcissists have no ability to bend corners thought wise. They can't imagine the corners. They can't imagine what would be up and around the corner. They literally can only truly, <laughs> they can only truly think in a straight line, which if you've damaged your brain over time with alcohol, wouldn't it make sense that a straight line would probably be what your brain was able to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis? Doesn't that make sense? Makes sense to me. The brain is like, okay, look, 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 look. No corner bending, none of this fancy high level critical thinking, none of that. You are going to walk in a straight line. So there's one thing that I've noticed, just a general difference in thought process. The next thing I feel like I've noticed, and, and again, this is all just my opinion, all just my theory. The next thing that I feel like I've noticed is a difference in senses, all of them, sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, all of them. Uh, let me see if I can give you an example for each one. The sense of sight is a little bit harder for me to explain, but it's almost like they don't see things. So for example, they might have like 30 coffee cups on their desk and like half drunk coffee cups, no judgment, but you might walk by if you're their roommate or spouse or something and say, wow, stressed out. And they're like, huh? Like you got like 30 coffee cups on your desk, bro. What's good? You good? And it's like, and the narc will be like, oh my God, like they don't see it. Okay. Um, and that's just one small example of things they just simply don't see. They don't see like real things in the physical, but they also don't see things like a point you're trying to make. They don't see it. No, no ability to visualize, which is probably one of those corners that the brain can bend when your brain has not been substantially damaged over time. You see what I mean? It, the inability to see things both real and imaginary, okay, which being able to see things in an imaginary way plays heavily into empathy. Isn't that what empathy is? The ability to imagine what you're going through and how that must make you feel. Okay. So there's that. Um, so that's sight, sound, honey. I'm telling you, and this is just my opinion and just my experience. Narcissists do not hear the world around them. They don't. It's like their ears have been turned off completely. And what I mean by that is they won't hear a barking dog. 
They won't hear a smoke detector. They don't hear the ambulance. They don't hear the sirens. Like if they're driving and a cop car is coming up behind them with sirens on, they may not hear it for a few seconds and they're not even blasting music or anything. Like their eyes are on the road. They're looking straight ahead, you know, hands on the wheel. They're not playing with their phone. And it's like, it just does not register. They don't hear it. Okay. Um, what else don't they hear? Like if there's like an issue with their car or something, I can't think of a good issue. Like maybe the time, do timing belts make noise when they're about to go out? I feel like they do, but something unusual basically. So in other words, unusual things in their atmosphere, they don't pick up on them. They don't hear them. You see what I mean? Versus other people who are tuned into their atmosphere hear almost everything. And it kind of sucks, actually. It, it's not fun. I feel sorry for animals because they literally can't plug their ears. I feel real bad for them, but um, they don't hear anything. Okay. So we did sight, sound, touch. As far as touch is concerned, they never really seem to be hot or cold. It's almost like they're, they're drunk. <laughs> it's almost like they're drunk without the alcohol, basically. It's like, imagine someone who's completely drunk, but they have not consumed a drop of alcohol. That's almost what it's like. You don't really see things. You don't really hear what's going on. As I, what I was gonna say about touch was temperature. They're, they're never hot, cold, like they don't pick up on it. Like they don't pick up on the fact that it's freezing in the room. Now listen, temperature is relative. I would never say that just because I say it's cold, it's cold because what's cold to me might be hot to you. But what I'm saying is if everyone has thrown on their jacket and their teeth are shivering and you go check the thermostat and it's on like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, that's pretty cold for the, for an indoor room. My point is they're not Eskimos. I hope that's socially correct. I hope so. Or native, native, Icelandic people, not Iceland. Let me just stop. People who live in the frozen tundras of like Alaska, they're not native to that area. Okay. They're native to the same place you are, wherever that is, but they don't ever seem to really pick up on it. And, and vice versa, they don't seem to pick up on when it's really effing hot in here. Can you please turn on the air conditioner? It's 90 degrees outside no sense of humidity, nothing. It's so strange. Inuit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I try to be, I try to speak and say things correctly so as not to encourage poor political correctness, but um, like it just does not register. So I guess what I'm also trying to say is in a way they're never uncomfortable, which can be a blessing all by itself, but isn't that also why we drink? So we're not uncomfortable for that moment anyway or for at least an hour or two, we're not uncomfortable for once. Isn't that why you drink? So if, if what we're saying is true here, that narcissism may be induced by alcohol, it's almost like the alcohol creates a permanent drunk state where you're drunk during the day, but you haven't had a drop of alcohol and you're not hung over. It's almost like the brain just stays there over time. Like the brain seems to train itself to stay in that drunk state maybe as a defense mechanism, or maybe the brain is just very kind and, and just says, you know what? It seems like you like to be this way. So I'm just going to give you what you want. 
so sight, sound, touch, don't get me started on taste, okay? Please, let's not. That could be a whole separate show all by itself. I'm convinced they can't taste anything, okay? And wouldn't have an appreciation for something that tasted good if their lives depended on it, okay? Like, don't, let's not. Can't taste anything. And what was the final one? Touch. I don't really have a good example for touch. I really don't. Other than, and this is a little gross, and I'm kind of, I'm sorry for giving a gross example, but it's the only thing I can think of in regard to touch. But I've known a lot of narcissists who do not feel boogers in their nose, but you can see them. And I find it absolutely amazing and incredible because literally the hairs in your nose are designed to tell you when something is there. That's what they're there for. So you're, either your nasal hairs are completely dead or the nerves in your nose are completely dead or you just it's just not registering. Now imagine if you're drunk, you probably wouldn't feel a booger in your nose when you're drunk anyway. You know what I mean? Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. But that's the only example I could think of for touch. Because I would feel that. I'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. it's out my nose. You know what I mean? But not them. They just go on. You know what I mean? Did I? Did we do smell? I don't think we did smell. They can't, honey, they can't. Oh, man. Mm, that could be a separate show. Food and smell could be separate shows all by themselves. They cannot smell anything. And I think that's why they load on the perfume the way that they do and the cologne, because they can't smell it. So because they can't smell it, they put it on until they can. I believe this is why they can live in homes that don't smell very good. Um, this is why they don't detect things like smoke. If a house is on fire, they don't smell that. Um, they don't smell gas leaks. They can be sitting behind a car that has really poor exhaust. You know how those cars will pump exhaust into your car? And it's pretty horrific, except for those of you who like that smell. <laughs> Y'all are weirdos. But I love you still. But they don't smell any of it. Like nothing affects them. Just like it wouldn't affect somebody who's drunk. When you're drunk, fewer things affect you, I think. So for example, I can distinctly remember in the past being out with my girlfriends, being completely drunk, and it being freezing cold outside and knowing that, but somehow not affected by it. Just walking in the freezing cold because we're so drunk and I get hot when I drink, like my body temperature goes up. Maybe that's what alcohol does, not sure. Um, but I do think they say that that's actually quite dangerous when people get drunk and go out in the wintertime because of the false the false things your brain is telling you. So we're out here, it's freezing cold, but my body is telling me that I'm hot. So, and it probably is hot, my body, but it's it doesn't change the fact that it's freezing cold outside and eventually the cold outside can override the heat of your body. It can. So a lot of people sometimes get drunk, they pass out in the snow and end up passing away from the frostbite and the um, hypothermia. So anyway, you know, I say all that to say that that's the impact alcohol has. And if what this article that we just read is true, is saying is true, then essentially what is happening is alcohol is slowly creating a society full of people 
who are always drunk, always. They're always drunk, whether or not they've had any alcohol at all. They are always drunk, always. So I think we cover all five senses. So I have a few more points to make them. We'll get out of here. Another area of difference that I've noticed is the things that we are concerned about. So if you follow this channel, you've been following for any length of time, I think you all have a pretty good handle on the things that I'm, I'm concerned about. I have some pretty high level and I would say even mid and low level concerns, but I'm concerned about a lot of different things. I'm concerned in general about different things. So like when I talk to someone who I know for a fact drinks all the time, like they're not thinking about this stuff, you guys, they're not concerned about the future. They don't examine any systems. They're not interested in any advocacy whatsoever. And I'm not saying that you have to be. Everyone can't be an advocate. Everyone doesn't have time. But what I'm saying is when they reflect on their world, all is well, just like it would be if you were drunk. So it's like, if you're talking to your friend who's completely wasted and you're like, how are you doing friend? They're like, I'm great. I'm groovy. I'm drunk. I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like all is well. They don't have a care in the world. They're not concerned about anything. So if alcohol does indeed cause brain damage and progressive brain damage over time, then that would create a person who <laughs> could watch the world burning outside and be like, this is fine. You know what I mean? And then remember to run when like the flames finally reach their house. Oh, we should probably take off, huh? Yeah, yeah, you should probably run. So it's the things that they're concerned about or not concerned about that worries me. But they, they almost become very simple people. So the alcohol seems to make them simple. And that would contribute to the theory of thinking in a straight line. If you only think in a straight line, if you only think in a straight line, you're going to become a very simple person, like a baby. Babies are learning to think in complex ways and toddlers and stuff. They're learning, but for the most part, they think in straight lines because that's all there is. You know what I mean? So it's almost like alcohol helps you do that again. It helps you rediscover that thinking in a straight line instinct again. All right. Um, we've kind of talked about perceptiveness a little bit, but, you know, and that kind of goes with the senses, but just the ability to perceive danger, even the ability to recognize whether or not something has become dangerous or could be dangerous, the ability to prevent danger or anticipate it, all of which are similar to being drunk the anticipation and the avoidance of danger kind of becomes more challenging when you're drunk. So there's that, but generalized perceptiveness, or here's, here's another way you could think of perceptiveness, the ability to perceive quality or not, man, that could be a separate show. Oh man. And it just might be one fine day coming up here soon, but the ability to perceive whether or not something is high quality or not, which could actually speak to the ability to perceive whether or not something is true. And this is why I've also always said that narcissists are very easily scammed. And this is why people scam them all the time. They're simple, very simplistic, simple, simple creatures. And if the alcohol is helping that happen, 
then this might be a public health concern at this point. And it makes me understand maybe why they tried to ban it all those years ago. When they did the prohibition, they may have been onto something. Man, can you imagine what our society would look like today if alcohol was like a fringe, like <laughs> underground thing? Like, yeah, man, we went to this party and guess what they had there? What? Alcohol. What? You had alcohol? How was it? What did it make you feel like? You know what I mean? But instead, it's like mainstream, common, normal. You know what I mean? Rite of passage, all that. And it possibly, possibly may have been converting us all into simplistic, straight line thinkers over these past couple of decades. So there's that. And then the other one I wrote was awareness, but awareness and perceptiveness kind of go hand in hand. And then the final one is kindness. The people I know who drink all the time are not the nicest people in the world in general. Like they have a certain rudeness about them. And going back to the topic, when you're drunk, I know some people are super friendly drunks. They become very friendly, very engaging, very outgoing, very loving. And then some people are angry drunks. So what I'm saying is the people who I know drink just even just socially, like once a weekend or whatever, none of them really have a sweetness about them anymore. Like there's nothing sweet about them. They've all been hardened in some way. And it's very hard to explain, but it's very subtle. But they lost like that gentle kindness, the ones that I know. And the only way I could really think about that is like, they wouldn't look at like a baby animal or even a baby and be like, oh, oh, you're so cute. Like they've completely lost that. They might be like, hey, what's up, baby? Hey, what's up, cat? Hey, what's up, dog? Now, listen, I know everyone doesn't gush over baby animals. That could just be me. But what I'm saying is it triggers nothing in them is what I'm trying to say. That In, in that way, um, these are the ones who seem to have forgotten how to use phones and communication. Like, it's just all gone. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like they become sloppy in their approach with things. Like a certain carelessness sets in overall, like in general, not just when they're drunk, like overall. You could even think, think of some celebrities who are like this, you know? Think of celebrities, you know, who party all the time and post about it and everybody knows and think about how they act in general. Doesn't all, doesn't it all line up? Aren't all the dots connecting? So I guess my final thoughts and closing thoughts, I'm not going to do an after show, but here are my closing thoughts, my final thoughts. The topic, the purpose of the show, why has narcissism grown? Alcohol? Question mark because it would be one of the last things that we would expect to contribute to a very destructive mental disorder or personality disorder rather. And who would have also thought that alcohol would affect the personality so much? We know it affects the personality when we're actually drunk, but who knew it may continue to affect the personality long after you've had that drink and every drink compounds it. So in closing, I think this is something to think about. It's something to consider, kind of weigh it against the experiences you've had with the narcissist that you've known in your life. 
And for those of you who do enjoy alcohol and continue to do so, you might want to start requesting a full disclosure from the alcohol industry. Because the truth of the matter is, if this is true, the class action lawsuit you guys might possibly have on your hands would be legendary and historic. Because basically this company, like they put the disclaimer on the bottle that's like pregnant women should not drink this, don't drink and drive. I forget what other disclaimers they put on the bottle, but no one ever said this might actually damage your long-term brain health. Nobody said that. Y'all didn't say that. Kind of like when we were coming up in the D.A.R.E. program, at least my generation, and they were going through all the different drugs and telling us why we couldn't take them. There was a large number of people in my generation who refused to take things like, I don't even know if I can say the word, I'll spell it. E-C, is it S-T-A-S-T-Y? E-C. S-T-A, Lord have mercy. Y'all know what I'm trying to spell. The, the club drug, the party drug. When they told us that you could die from one pill of that, that was enough for most of us. Most of the people I know have never, ever, ever, ever graduated to like upper level, <laughs> upper class, or what do they call them? Schedules. Is it schedule? Most people I know never walked up the schedule because that's all they needed to hear. Hey, this could make your brain overheat and basically kill you on the dance floor. We were like, oh, okay. And that was all we needed to hear. And that was enough to make us back away. So what I'm saying is, what if all this time with alcohol, what if they had chosen to say, oh, by the way, this can cause long-term brain damage that will ultimately affect your ability to process things and remember things. Probably not to your like 30, 35, will you start to see those effects show up? But yeah, but like from 19 to 20, that's when you'll be working on the effects of the brain damage. And then the brain damage itself won't show up until a little bit later. Enjoy. I wonder how many people would have chosen differently. And I wonder how many people would have backed away from alcohol in the same way many people in my generation backed away from the upper, upper schedule drugs because many of them can kill you the first time you take them. That's all you need to tell some people. Some people will trust you when you say that. <laughs> they don't have to experiment and find out for themselves. They believe you. Okay. So with that, you guys, I am going to go ahead and close out the show. I don't have any outro music today, so I am just going to go ahead and close out the show. So with that, I appreciate you all coming. Give this some thought. And I really look forward to your comments in the comment section down below. And as always, reading your live chat comments once the video uploads. Okay. Take care, everybody. And we will talk again very soon.